Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and guests unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our unconsciousness. Get ready to find your free will from your roots in the stars. Hello, I'm Sue Rose Minahan, host of Talk Cosmos, and tonight is February 8th, and we have a replay, or it's actually a, a repeat performance, I might say, on Thursday at 6 to 7 a.m. on the 13th this month. And tonight, we're still in the archetype of Aquarius, and the title tonight is Who's in Charge? In that sense, we're between two routine events, and that's our moon that makes a consistent change. It's our closest planetary orbit around the Earth, or you might say in the solar system. And every two and a half days, it goes through a sign. And it continues in its 28, 29-day cycle to have what we call a new moon and a full moon. The Aquarius new moon was on the 24th of April. Not April, my goodness. Let's, let's go back to where we're at. We're in January. And it was at, let me think here. Okay, sorry about all this pause here, but I'm looking at my notes. It was at 4.42, and that's here on the Pacific Coast. And in the East Coast, it was 1.42 in the morning. And that was on the 24th of January, which happened to be, and this is what I was thinking at the same time, the Chinese New Year for introducing the year of the metal rat. And the, the astrology of West and East don't exactly correlate, but looking at energies a little bit here and there and, and putting it together, it's that the, just to remind ourselves, because we did have a particular event on the 24th with Ray Sapp that you can always check on the archives at Talk Cosmos or at podcastone.com. And it was that the year of the rat is the new beginnings because the rat is the first of that 12-month cycle. And the rat actually corresponds to Capricorn, which again relates to Western astrology that we're really focused on because just the last eclipse was with the nodes, which is Capricorn and Cancer. Now, for you non-astrologers, maybe you're saying, that's a lot of detail, but we are trying to draw a picture because there's energies involved, and it's all about energy. And the point being that the stellium, which, and that's a, anywhere from three planets, and at this point we had six planets along with the south node and, I, and Ceres, which is an asteroid, it, it, which, if you start counting everything, was over six, seven. It was an enormous amount of energy, and particularly with two outer planets, and that was Saturn and Pluto that has been long awaited that they actually met at the same point, meaning they really were strongly connected. And essentially, this energy is one that we are, you could say, purging from our psyches collectively. It's in various fashions, the structure and the past traditions. It's a long ongoing cycle. And I bring it up because the Aquarius new moon 
with the rat instigated an idea that things might begin in a fresh way. Well, of course, whenever you're letting go of something, something new comes up. So that's my long story here. (laughs) Thank you for listening. And we're also involved with the full moon, which is happening tomorrow on the 9th. And that will be at 11.33 p.m. on the Pacific. And that's actually tonight on the 8th. Thank you. <laughs> I just got a little note here. And, or tomorrow, early in the morning at 2.33 Eastern Time. And, you know, you can go to Talk Cosmos and look at the event. And I have this information there. So if you get lost, if you don't have an ephemeris or some way, there's all kinds of ways to check this information. But just to let you know, that's always a reference point. So, in other words, what is this? We will find this out in just a moment because we are going to have the Aquarius Moonbeam team tonight. Relating to the sun and moon's energies, including the planets and the entire cosmos for the month's systematic two-week intervals of the new moon and full moon, plus the annual four to five eclipses, this is your Moonbeam team. I'm Sue Rose Minahan, host of Talk Cosmos, an evolutionary astrologer and consultant, plus a certified color energy coach. I explore creative expression as an artist, a musician, and write abundantly, stories to poetry. I love investigating mythology's language, philosophizing eternity, and I'm a perpetual student of life, seeing oneness of body, spirit of people, animals, and nature. I'm Elizabeth Liz Machette, Certified Astrologer, Sacred Healing Counselor, Taroist and Numerologist, providing individual consultations, teaching and tutoring internationally, co-author of Gateways to Change, Keys to Navigating the Seas of Life, currently facilitating workshops in Marysville and Camino Island, Washington. And I'm Sarah Stromley, a craniosacral therapist and founder of Brain Body Therapy in Kirkland, Washington. I'm an evolutionary astrologer that incorporates different forms of horary, location mapping, and medical astrology into my practice. I enjoy uncovering flower and mineral frequencies that also support the mind-body coherence that aid in the healing journey. And as Albert Einstein said, energy Energy is never destroyed. Energy only changes. And so we begin. And actually, tonight, each one of us is going to present just a certain perspective that we think this month incorporates. And I'll start. And to me, the new moon on the 24th of January was tension. And we're moving into the full moon of what you might call suspension. Suspended actions. Kind of a wait and see as we determine what do we really value? How do we fit in to show our special, unique parts into a new oh, group. Okay, and Liz. <laughs> well, I see that it's asking us to make changes and do our transformation, and that tension, if we're not doing it, is really pushing us. And it's transformation with self and relationships and groups. And oh, and Sarah, yeah, thank you. Sorry. Yeah, I, the lunar energies of the culmination of Leo this week and the seeding of Aquarius in a couple weeks, as it always does this time of year, there's an emphasis on what can change. 
to allow the heart to have its fullest expression, creativity, and reawakening. My goodness, it seems like a potent time, but then every month is potent. But truly, I think the fact that Aquarius is ruled by Uranus, that's an outer planet for those folks, and it is one that breaks the rhythms and can create chaos in a sense. I know I've certainly been feeling the chaos myself in a bit. Um, Not that that's a negative, it's just a factor, and yet we fathom it and go through it but when you say creative that's it's it's a lot of good energy yes it is it's great um and so i want to go to the full moon in leo is that okay oh go ahead yes (laughs) (laughs) so i see that there's an emphasis on our home and public life and that it will require us to do some rebalancing of whatever that might be for us individually And also some balancing of self and making sure that we're doing self-care and taking care of others with boundaries. That's a full spectrum. That really does sound appropriate when you think of rebalancing. And good point bringing in because Venus, of course, that rules that Taurus of Uranus wants us to think of our, our survival, our self, our what matters. And looking at the astrology chart, I see that there's like to do the work behind the scenes. So sometimes it's not publicized. Maybe you're not starting your new project right now. You're finishing up some stuff. Or you could be doing research for your new projects. Um, People may feel like wanting to stay in their comfort zone a little bit more, staying at home more, not going out with groups, but going within more and regrouping and resting and nesting and getting ready for spring well there as far we have we will go back to the new moon folks but because right now it is a development from that new moon and it's true that with this full moon looking at the chart there's a few significant energies planetary energies that are singular as we call it that aren't really operating in connection with the other uh, solar uh, planets. One is Uranus and the other is Venus. In other words, the ruler of each. It's like, okay, they're sitting there and they have their own needs. So it would be really a time to connect with that rather than the Mars. And Mars is the energy of, of action is complementing, you might say, because of its trine. Would you Yes, yes. That's what you're thinking, yeah. Well, and most of the planets are in the first six houses with a couple planets in the seventh house, pretty much. So it's like that inner work. That's where I was getting that from. And it, it's emphasizing also writing, journaling, communication, siblings, short trips are highlighted, and lots of relationship changes and adjustments. And I would suggest people to look back six months to the new moon in Leo that occurred on July 31st in 2019. What did you wish or desire at that time? Has it come to pass? Have you made progress towards your intention? Or do you no longer desire what you were wanting? You might, it might be time to just release it and let something else come in. Boy, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, uh, this 
it's actually a supermoon that's occurring, and um, it's perigree, so it's closest to the Earth. And so to me, this Leo full moon is louder and prouder, and the emotional tides can be a little bit bolder, especially with um, this trine to Mars. So more lumens for creative, romantic, and dramatic self-expression. And um, yeah, Venus having just moved into the fiery sign of Aries, I encourage you to not pass up opportunities for inspired, spontaneous invitations. (laughs) So (laughs) being playful and complimentary can go a lot further right now. Well, that Venus energy right now, if I'm looking at the right, the um, is so close to the beginning of everything. I mean, we call it the Aries point. It's actually zero zero, but it's zero one. I mean, it's very first second degree of of Aries. So all these new beginnings, in that sense, and especially with its strong connection to Chiron, which is the wounded healer which is always a tremendous energy to try to fathom. But I think if we're really exploring, which it wants to do, right? I mean, Aries explores a lot. It's pioneer of its own self going forward. It wants to um, reinvent. But it, it's a curious thing because here we are sitting on the fence, not on the fence, but we're, Like in this moment of chaos, of thinking of, I'm just drawing together partly of what I see and what I'm experiencing and also seeing in the world. I mean, seeing on the page the whole nine yards. But it's it's a complexity of it because there's a lot, not just ourselves, but everybody, our families. And there's so much energy of the families right now, too. Mm -hmm. You know, and our whole energy system, you know, childhood and. different methods whether anyway that in other words of healing i'm thinking of that chironic energy that is wanting to through service would be great i don't know if we have actions right now to promote that or if it's really just sort of in the makings maybe that's what we're contemplating well and aries is quite the trailblazer so perhaps trying something that you haven't tried before or and doing some research for yourself to explore. Mm, self-care. That's mm-hmm. excellent. That goes along with the Venus theme of self. And it's right there next to Chiron, so it's beautiful. Yes. I think, Sarah, you had quite a bit you were going to talk about the new moon. Did I have that correct about? Well, um, I, I just... At first, I, I kind of want to go bet- a little bit before that because this time kind of this time of year tends to bring up a lot of this Valentine's Day saga that that comes up for people. Um, unless you're one of the lucky ones that has, you know, it's just reveling in romantic bliss right now. Um, there's you know, it can be an intensifying of loneliness and grief or those that may have 
felt ab- abandonment and loss of love with just this heavy emphasis and advertising on all these projections and expectations of what the expression of love is supposed to be for them. And, you know, there is also can be resentment of the expectations of romantic gestures for those that are un- uncoupled or unhappily coupled or felt thwarted or betrayed by an idealized love. It has so, often been... He, oh, go ahead. Did I jump in? But, <laughs> but go there, ahead. But there's also the Northern Hemisphere. I think part of how this comes up and how many pagan festivals that have kind of been overlaid with these stories of St. Valentine and everything, there's kind of this icy crust that wants to break through, you know, with the crocuses coming through, animals are starting to go into rut and mating tends to start to occur at this time. There's like, it's like a Marvin Gaye song, let's get it on, (laughs) (laughs) that's playing out. So, um, So there can be a bit of this collective sexual frustration as well. That's very intriguing to bring in the fact of a hibernation. I, I really, that that's amazing. Because, as I was going to say just prior to that, which the whole focus of the detachment of Aquarius, which is a necessary energy for this sign that is very mental and of groups, but looks at it to understand things from a distance. And, and needs, then it needs the, that independence. Too. Yeah, good point. And the freedom, the ultimate freedom um, of, of that energy. But then we have this intense romantic, uh, the polarity of it with Leo saying it's romance and it's love of its passionate union. And so here we have this, the strongest festival, we might say, in modern times, you know, for that energy, but in this very disenchanted, not disenchanted, but just um, detached energies time. So it is true. It can bring what you had said earlier, I think at one time, grief or understandably, particularly because we are really letting go right now of the past um, that is in the sense of a, what our attachments are with values and wh- our place in it. Or where we've over-romanticized yeah. something. And it could be also just with the whole fact of of the marketing, I mean, of the commercial view of life that sometimes gets very um, impersonal. Yes. And it's I a always, retail holiday. <laughs> I always laugh because I didn't consult an astrologer to pick Valentine's <laughs> Day. <laughs> Yeah, when could it have been? Maybe during Taurus. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then um, in the chart in the fifth house, Venus is in the fifth house. So maybe doing, buying yourself flowers or drying a bath and putting some rose oil or... Treating yourself to a massage. Or yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. It's like doing it yourself. Because um, Aries would be doing it by yourself. So romance yourself. Yeah, and then I'm looking at the other energies all in that. And this is on the Pacific Coast here. These are the energies, but that's where we are from. And astrologers, just for the general conversation for uh, those others, is it is from that viewpoint. I mean, it can be anywhere, but from this viewpoint, 
and that's how it's relating out. So we have these other um, energies of Mercury and Lilith and, and, and Neptune all in Pisces, meaning it is very... I'm just thinking of your sense of indulging. It's like looking at the sense of nature of of the the pure, unadulterated uh, passion of of nature of how to connect to that real essence of ourself without the boundaries of yeah, getting in touch with that vitality. And potency within us, when within ourselves. Yeah. Exactly. So I would uh, suggest that you go out tonight, or even look out now, because here in Seattle it's dark, and I'm sure you can see the moon rising from the east. Yeah, and Venus, I think, is still visible in the on the western horizon, um, and Mercury is making a rare appearance there too. Oh, beautiful! I'd love to think of that and. Of course, Mercury will be going retrograde, as we would brought up, later. So on the 16th, I think. Yes. So now you have, what, maybe less than a week or a week to get out there. Yes, just a week to really see it before it disappears. Yes, disappears. Well, full moons have quite a reputation. But this one, because it's in Leo really does bring back the sense because it's always in the opposite sign of the month of the month and the sun is in Aquarius all this month and so the moon because of its position is as it's reflecting fully the light of the sun is is in the opposite sign which is Leo but then that does as a rulership go back to the sun so it really is about our ego and our emotions and synthesizing um, our uniqueness, you know, how we can participate in life. Like, what exactly do I need to shift my perspective about? <laughs> that is perhaps a question that um, we'll be asking for a long time, you know, because I was thinking of Uranus and Taurus, but still right now it's all relative relevant to well not just the sun but also because mars is in sag which is that perspective you know belief systems yeah because it's kind of getting along with this disruptive energy of of uranus yes yes exactly that's great yeah well oh last night now, if I can just tie this together, East West Books is a wonderful location here in Seattle, Washington, right in the heart of Seattle, actually. And they're looking for a new location. But if any of you here in Seattle are thinking, just get in touch with them. They would love to do that. But they have people from this, the region and outside the region continually coming in. And last night I was so glad to go to an event that Dougal Fraser and Raleigh valentine uh joined and they're both psychic dougal fraser is a color energy coach i took a good class with him and became certified and was thrilled to see him in person again and raleigh valentine uh creates tarot packs 
decks, rather, in angels. And they were just most remarkable. And one person asked a question, or they did a few spontaneous readings for people, and they both applied their own perspectives, you know, with the color energy and then also with the angel cards. But this really related to, I think, the energies now that we're talking about, and that's the Aquarian and Sun and the Leo full moon. Because this person was asking their purpose, you know, as many of us have contemplated. And Dougal Fraser was commenting that really purpose so often, and I'll just paraphrase as I, I'm thinking about it, but so often we think of it as having to be associated with our career. And certainly with all this Capricornian energies, that's really how we often think. Like, what's our success? How is it being measured? You know, and in time reference and goals and all of these exhibited in the external world. But actually, as he was saying, we have such a multifaceted involvement, you know, with our relationships. And really, when you look at Uranus in Taurus, which has to do about ourself and our values and what we possess, our talents and all of this, and our survival as an you know, life is we, and also with Venus being in, which rules Libra, of many relationships, we have many relationships. We have business, we have partnerships, we have friendships, we have associates, you know, on and on and on. And we can have that purpose and function in many ways it doesn't need to necessarily be attached to some kind of a, of a business relationship, which greatly relieved this particular person. In, in fact, the entire room sort of gave a big sigh of relief. And it's very exciting, too, to think of that, I think, about to honor thyself. You know, the Leo wants to. And, and to... Um, give ourselves that recognition and realize that we can perform a lot of function and uh, service. Thank yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in many re- in many capacities, and that. Well, we will return in just a moment. We have our short announcements, and this is Talk Cosmos with Liz Machette and Sarah Stromley, the Moonbeam team, on February eighth, repeating on the thirteenth. Thank you. Do you have a question or something to contribute for today's Talk Cosmos program? If you're listening to the live show on Saturday, the phone lines are now open until 645 Pacific. Give us a call at 888-298-5569 to either join us on the air or we can write it down for you. Once again, that's 888-298-5569. take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. We are currently in the Yang period of Aquarius, ruled modernly by Uranus and Saturn in traditional astrology by the ancients. By leaving a cycle based on governing structures through both man-made and universal laws, Aquarius breaks established patterns, permitting the energy of freedom, just as its ruling planet Uranus spins on its side and orbits backwards. As a fixed air sign represented by the water bearer pouring the spirit of cosmic energy, 
Aquarius seeks to find like-minded, intuitively aligned souls to connect in social groups for the elevation and improvement of all. Hi, this is John Luke. I'm an evolutionary astrologer, and you're listening to Talk Cosmos on Alternative Talk, 1150 AM, where we discuss the meaningfulness of our roots in the stars and planets. Need help getting started with self-help? You came to the right place. Alternative Talk, 1150. Hello again. Here we are, Talk Cosmos, and we are going to begin with Liz. You have some workshops that it would be just great to hear about. Well, I teach two monthly astrology reviews in Marysville, one on the first Friday of the month and one on the last Wednesday of the month. I have a class on the ABCs of astrology, and that's putting it all together on February 22nd. Um, You can find my schedule on my website, alightpath.com. You'll find also my monthly tarot sessions, the intuitive development class I do, and numerology classes. Um, So that's what I've kind of got going on right now. Well, that's so super. You know, Marysville isn't that far away. And the fact that there's this ongoing astrology where I think you present each person with their own chart. Yes. And then you really discuss what's going on. So that's a pretty personal uh, uh, opportunity. And then if people want to learn more about astrology, oh boy, you only do that a few times. So that'll be February 22nd. So everybody, you can check that out. And if it's lizmouchette.com, and if you have trouble with spelling, just go to Talk Cosmos because we have the guest contact information for every guest we've ever had, and they have their how to get a hold of them. So that would be super. And Sarah, I think because you do your botanical wonder, I know you're known as a mad alchemist, (laughs) (laughs) which we love. And you were preparing things for the following new moon, but I'm not quite sure when we'll have our next event together. So why don't you tell people what they can prepare for after this? Maybe they'll get their time together uh, for, which would be what, Pisces? Is that what we're talking about, or is it Aquarius? Um, It's the upcoming new moon. In Pisces. In Aquarius. No, the last one was January 20. It was last... Two weeks ago. Okay. So the next one yeah, would be... Yeah, the new moon in, in Pisces. Oh, yes. okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, nonetheless, we'll, so, we'll give a little info. So um, thanks. Yeah, because that one's just going to be a little more intense, that period of time. And you may feel that kind of building up, leading up to that time. If there's any questions on that, let me know. Um, but there was some flower essences that were speaking to me uh, for this particular time over the next two weeks. Um, monk shoot, uh, monk shoot, uh, or, or monk's hood flower essence, also known as wolf's bane or monk's hood, leopard's band, mouse band, woman's bane, or devil's helmet. It's this um, dark flower stack um, of these. They look like little monks with their hoods, kind of hoodies over their heads. Um, but this flower essence uh, aids with stabilizing after exposure to any traumatic situations or any frightening, any fright or shocks or that type of thing. But it just helps to balance the emotions 
and it gives a clear and calm presence with the ability to perceive situations objectively. And this, you know, the effects on, you know, when there's conflicts of relationship or embarrassment or receiving a bad or shocking piece of news can be counterbalanced with monk shud's flower essence, which, and, and this is actually a very poisonous plant, <laughs> you know, and I always emphasize with any of these flower essences, you know, they are a vibrational, eff- they just have an electrical impulse um, marked into these, what is spring water. So it's, there's no plant parts in these essences. It just has the signature of this particular flower. If you happen to find one when you're out walking in the woods or something, um, you know, you can admire it. Yeah, (laughs) you can admire it. Yeah. So, but just know, you can even just gaze at the picture of one and kind of resonate with this as well. Um, But uh, the gift of this essence is to neutralize the effects of poisonous interactions and the emotions that render the personality to be unable or even incapable of accessing intuition that aids in making wise decisions. So the the monk flower is like this indigo color matching the color of the third eye, which helps to see beyond current circumstances and into possible healing potential. So as much as the, and much like a visualization of being inside of a violet flame that some like to meditate on. It strengthens the auric field. It, it gives, it alleviates fear and, and providing a, a better sense of protective, well-balanced boundaries that aids one to feel safe and self-assured and able to see through any situation with a clear ability to receive appropriate guidance and responsiveness. And that's monk's hood. Monk hood. Yeah. Um, another one that was speaking loudly to me was Star Jasmine, which actually isn't a jasmine, strangely, but um, it's a beautiful and fragrant evergreen vine that you can find in garden shops around here, it, especially in Asia. It works as a ground cover and it covers walls, but it makes these five-pointed, beautiful, winding stars that kind of open up. And um, it it's... It smells very fragrant, like a jasmine, and it looks like a jasmine, but it, you know, that's probably why it inherited the prized jasmine name. But it's known in Chinese medicine as lo shi tang, used in a number of conditions that involve untangling the body. And it works on the heart, the liver, the kidney meridians, and cooling the blood and lowering blood pressure. Um, Star jasmine is a flower essence, works which the, for the purposes that I use it for, um, it works on the emotional and personality to better harmonize with society and yet maintain a sense of individuality. And it lends a greater ability to meditate on the big picture and our personal healing journey within that. And it lends a nice mix of an improved sense of self-esteem with a sense of practicality. Well, thank you so much. Are you finished? Or I, I, there was one more. Oh, okay, time, okay. But, well, I'll thank you anyway uh, at the moment because it's really drawing in the energies of nature, which again is going to continue with us for these seven years. And um, well, 
we have not quite seven. I think we've already started a few with Aranus. But yes, okay, the third. Okay. Third's a All charm. Right. Go ahead. Um, selenite is, um, is actually a soft calcium sulfate crystal, and it's formed in, in a, in evaporative clay beds um, outside of natural hot springs. And it frequently contains inclusions of both water and gas within them. And even though it's a rock, it's soft and flexible. And these are found in many countries, but my favorite comes from Mexico that form these long, clear crystals. And its action is that it opens up the upper body energy, much like feeling a refreshing breeze that goes through the forehead and up and out the top of the head. So it supports clearing congestion and stagnation in the etheric and emotional bodies, especially the upper body, allowing a freer flow of communication with the higher self and to lighten the load on what has been heavy to carry. And it allows a communion with the interior awakening and a sense of purpose. Well, selenite's a wonderful gem. I mean, a stone. I know if you go to, I love rocks and gems. Yeah, it's a little bit like. So just having it for those people that that want to get in touch. I I love Yeah, you can wear it in jewelry or um, just have, it's not that expensive either. No, it's very reasonable. And each of these really relates so much to Aquarius too. I was just noticing some of the, that you said individuality, um, so that, that that's excellent so yeah. do you offer these for sale yes, yes oh good I yeah I, I made one special for you and you and you <laughs> yeah. that's right so that's you can enjoy them if, yeah. if you know you may not need them at all but it's just nice to have and that's brain to kind of Brain, yeah, you can just email me at sarah at brainbodytherapy.com. Yeah, brain is like the gray matter between your ears. Eggs, so. good, good. <laughs> or go to Talk Cosmos again. Yeah. Well, it's just, I really find very exciting to get this a conceptual idea of the mineral and, and flora, the natural world. And again, we have a, uh, another friend, a, a good astrologer that, it will be coming next month, uh, Madam Simon, and who really looks at uh, Lilith. And, of course, Lilith is the lady of get it together with the natural world. And here we have, as we were commenting, I think Lilith and, what is it, Venus is, is well, a lot of energy. But so that's also part of our whole energy. But how... The natural world can speak to us. Very important. And it all relates with the energies that we're having. Because mm-hmm. right now, the big picture of this Leo moon is saying how to release our attachment to old perceptions. You know, how, how to get things right in a new light. And letting go, which is not so easy when you have Capricorn that says, you know, it's worked for a long time, which we see politically, whether whatever side of the fence you're on or on top of the fence, (laughs) however it goes. I mean, walk, I'm thinking like Humpty Dumpty. Well, anyway, we're getting further along here. But the fact is, is that we're, 
that wants the status quo, and it could be just at home, your own. It doesn't have to be the United States, but we are a Cancerian country, and so the moon always is a lot of energy for anything of cancer. Um, but we are up for change and transformation, and essentially that moon is saying, I got to be me. <laughs> so how can we align? And it could be with more revolutionary-oriented groups. So this kind of energy is just seeking in all its fashions to get us to thinking how we can be a voice in some self, uh, 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 common, like-minded group. Yes? Yes. And I want to remind people that the new moon is about building and growing and initiating. And the full moon is about releasing and letting go. Because those are basic principles, but they're really important. They truly are. We're going to revisit and revisit. It always is good to have this reminder. And particularly, too, like you brought up the fact of last summer. I'm going to start thinking about when, how many months ago was that? Six months ago? Approximately. It's about half a year before. You know, what was I thinking and feeling those dreams, those ideas? Well, and if one journals, you can go back and kind of look at your journal. Always and important. See. Or even your calendar. A lot of us keep calendars, so... You know, were we really busy then or we weren't as busy? You can look at your email history, too. <laughs> yes. You get a lot of read on what's <laughs> what <was> there. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's true. We do have measurements. Now, that's very Capricornian, isn't it? <laughs> Time and measurements. Yes. Well, and for me, I started my office in Marysville, so it's very appropriate. You know. It is yes. interesting to see just right immediately among our own connections all the changes that are happening, there's, it's incredible. It is. It is. It's just like when it's meant to be, it just, it's like fast forward, pedal to the metal, go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wonder, though, it, it, with all the activity and apparent chaos it sometimes feels, and I hope I'm not just being personal on that, but I think that is pretty uh rampant it it almost feels like it's not quite a treadmill but when is a resolution happening and that's where i feel like sometimes it is a suspension of of you know, we're in a process yes exactly and we can review do we want to continue with what we started six months ago sometimes we don't it's too much effort or yeah or on many many issues just even more recently of of events but well and there's so much change coming and transformation for us all to do and it's like if we've been working on ourselves maybe it'll be a little easier but not necessarily it could be still some more big speed bumps and I think too with Aquarius we're in it's such a social um, archetype you know by the time it's this 11th sign in the zodiac, and it's that, um, and it's above the horizon, so it's with other people. Our world is affected with the events happening to everybody. It's not just our own personal world, although with the full moon, because it is the moon that's emphasized, it is very personal. So it's like, how are all these events happening to everybody else affecting me? 
(laughs) (laughs) And it's quite a a lot. And it does require a new perspective. I think really that is what's being asked for us, to survive on a new system of connecting with ourselves, with the world. And it's a long journey. I say long journey. I don't want to get people distraught. Oh, my goodness. But, you know, because every month, you know, we have new little uh, plateaus and new stepping stones, you might say. And so that's what we're trying to do is show, okay, these are the stepping stones. We'll get across the river or we'll swim a little bit. (laughs) Well, and we get comfortable in how things are. And then when it changes, it's like, oh. Are we ready? Yeah, Right. It's like, I I don't want to change. Like your computer breaks. That's just (laughs) a simple one. Yes. Well, that's horrible if your computer breaks. So many people it has lately, but I think we're past it. But yes, sir. I, I just think it's a little easier with this full moon to, to let go of things that are invalidating us with, you know, because that Leo moon has a sense of pride okay. and self-integrity that's, um, that's vital with the, and with that Mars trine there, it's just oh. saying. Beautiful. Yeah. I love that. That really brings it home, doesn't it? I mean, it doesn't have to get confused with too many issues it's like how does it relate to me and that the and the validation that our life matters to it's important every life is important every life has an expression and every life can be unique and we can contribute in some wonderful fashion towards a group or make a group and i say a group because there is a strong energy of how to cooperate you know with the Aquarian energy it's not just isolation yeah and maybe even try a different group than yes the groups that you've been to you might be surprised you might really like it yeah or find out some information that you were seeking it's like a, a new experience could be really good and that Aquarian Aquarian and Aries energy you know the, the Aquarian sun and the the Venus moving into Aries and there's that other Chiron and Eris energies I think it's it's kind of being fine with striking out on your own and or a heightened willingness to strike out well, I or think do things more independently or things that bring more individual recognition i think there is a certain amount though of real well we somebody had commented on inner work which is again and again a theme and it's always important to really remember it it starts with our inside and, and what we see on the external is a representative of it but the fact that some of these energies that are talking to the the main sun and which is Aquarius, Uranus, which is all by its well, as in certain energies by itself. Although it, you know, it, in other words, they're sitting there going really contemplating deeply, in a sense of their own meditation. What do they need and want and feel? And so there's, it's not necessarily fast forward. Sometimes, I'm not yeah. so sure that everything mm-hmm. is fast forward here. No, not necessarily. 
especially when you're doing the inner work, it's usually not very fast, at least on my experience. And when Mercury is in Pisces, which isn't, it's more of a, a sensing and pre-verbal communication that that, that planet stage is in at that point because Mercury rules our communication, our travel, our mental planet. It's, um, it's going to be coming into Neptune soon, which makes it even more blurred. <laughs> <laughs> and it's disappearing behind the sun next week, isn't it? Well, um, it really, in Pisces, it does need to remember. And this is really when yeah. I think about it, goes along with, um, well, Neptune is always like this, and with Lilith, uh, that things are not necessarily controlled because the cosmos, the greater energies of ni- the whole, the sun rises when it rises and the moon turns as it turns in the phases. And in other words, what's our control? It's about ourselves, and it's not. So we need to work with that spirit and work with those energies, and it can be done in a a creative way but going over to back to this whole energy of Chiron and Venus because Venus as one of the primary rulers you know really talking to Uranus it's talking to the sun of what we're attracting and just to remind us about this theme that we've talked about in various ways of because it's squaring as we might say, intention, our nodal access of where we're coming from and where we're going to, you know, of our structures, of our authorities, of our traditions, and then our processing and our emotions of the of um, our personal self. And it is. So I'd like to kind of hear more thoughts about <laughs> well, that whole. Yeah, Chiron squaring the nodes, it's like, where I've been and where I'm going, it's like, what do I want to keep or do I want to stay where I've been or do I want to move forward? It's like you have to resolve that to move forward. And, and you have to become, you have to really not get fearful about what you feel like you're incapable of. You know, that. Whole, I think that must be a huge part of this in, yeah. in order to let go, to really understand that, we have abilities and the uniqueness and to just try it. That, that's yes, what, yes. Yeah. Experience some new things. You know, if somebody invites you to something, don't say no first. Oh. Think about it and you try to go if you can. Now, if it's not safe, stay home. But <laughs> <laughs> That's excellent. That's excellent. But exploring new territory is kind of a theme yes. with that. Aries energy. Well, and both of you are offering that. You know, Liz, you've got your in-person workshops and a class for people that are wanting to learn more about the language, which we're always trying to teach people, but we're not going to the ABCs. We're kind of jumping here and there. And Sarah, you're giving them a whole nother introduction of, well, you involve astrology too, but this idea of other energy sources that can communicate with us a lot like my color when I bring in astrology yeah yeah as a as a way to communicate and connect because 
that's part of the exploratory part. And and really, when I think of the Pisces, it's incorporating everything. There's no boundaries, right? Exactly. And, you know, for some people, just listening to the radio show on astrology could be a very new thing. So this could be that they're listening to us, and this is opening a new, a new door for them. Oh, I hope so. Just to be a catalyst would be so exciting. You know, it's like, and I just love our ongoing collaboration conversations. In fact, and this is the time to bring up that next week, the guest will be Leslie Francis of Edmonton, uh, Alberta in Canada. And Leslie is the author of Lou Ellen Sun Sign book, and she has her own workshops and whatnot. And we're going to be talking about new seed germination. And again, it is in Aquarius, and it'll be just before the Mercury retrograde, so there's always food for fodder, food for thought, that is. I speak with a lot of vernacular idioms. I'm realizing this. Let's talk about letting go. I'm really trying to expand myself because if we are being listened to, and it could be who knows where, not necessarily the low USA, you know, and even if it were, the time zone that maybe I'm accustomed to and picking up with easy idioms may not be communicated. So it's always a matter of language, (laughs) (laughs) learning new language. Well, and astrology is in a language within itself. Absolutely. Yeah, the metaphors and symbolism of, of, as we were saying, energy, because energy never ends. It just reinvents itself, right? Exactly. Mm -hmm. And the Mercury yeah. retrograde starts February 16th and runs to March 9th. And it starts in Pisces at 12 degrees and backs into a couple of degrees of Aquarius. So it will still have some Aquarius energy even when we're in Pisces season. In fact, I think, I'm not sure. Let's see, right now, are we Mercury? Where's Mercury? Oh, yeah, okay. No, we're, yeah. And not to get fearful about retrogrades, just to let people know because there's a lot of hype about that. It's life has a rewind process. Just as people, we reflect and we have sometimes need to readjust our tempo. And if nothing else, that might be necessary. So it's happening. I like using, emphasizing the the RE. Yes. With retrogrades, you know, revisiting, recycling, reintegrating. Revisiting. I'm um, thinking of Aretha Franklin. R E S P C T. Respect. <laughs> <laughs> you got to respect the re. <laughs> Redo. <laughs> but sometimes it's even better second time. Yeah, that's true. So. They say, yes, exactly. There is that. Well, Mercury goes retrograde three or four times a year, so it happens fairly often. Exactly. It's like. And that's a wonderful thing. And it's been wonderful to join you. This is with Liz Mouchette and Sarah Stromley. We are the Moonbeam team. And I'm Sue Rose Minahan. And this is February 8th. Thank you so much, our wonderful audience. Do check us out and subscribe. We would love to update you on all the events. Okie doke. We'll see you again. 
Thank you for listening to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and guests unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our unconsciousness. Be sure to tune in next Saturday at 6 p.m. to continue finding your roots in the stars. Thank you.